Welcome to Sip the Tea, the podcast where we dive into the digital lives of our tweens and teens. I'm Rochelle Best, a mom, a tech enthusiast, and your guide through this uncharted territory of our kids' online experiences. You may be wondering what's up with the name. Sip the Tea is teenage slang for sharing the latest scoops, spilling the beans, and opening up about what's really going on. So grab your headphones and join me on this eye-opening journey about what's really going on behind those screens. I showed her my self-harming and I was just struggling so much because I wasn't eating and I was cutting myself daily as well as I was trying to get the boy to delete the pictures in order to just put myself at ease. I would walk around with short sleeves in winter just as a way to look for help and no one noticed. Cyberbullying is the theme for today's episode, but what occurred to me when I was thinking about this topic is that it's actually been something we've talked about in every single episode. It has infiltrated every episode that we've done because you can't talk about teens and online gaming and social media without cyberbullying being present, can you? You can't. Wherever our children are online, they're at risk. You know, the thing with cyberbullying is it means different things to different people. And one of the things that I typically do is I ask the children when I do school talks, and especially the little ones, I ask, what is cyberbullying and what is it to you? One of the little girls, I think she was probably nine years, 10 years old, she said to me, it's anything you do online to hurt someone else. And you know what? For me, there is no better definition of cyberbullying. And saying that it's everywhere, it's everywhere where we have teenagers and children. Because we're sitting behind a screen, our children are thinking that the same rules don't apply than speaking to each other face to face. So whenever they're in a chat room, whenever they talk on WhatsApp, and I mean, us as adults do it too, right? You tend to be a little bit harsher in the online world than you would be face to face. I think in the first episode, we spoke about that social emotional connection and being able to have face to face conversations. It's so easy to be nasty with someone else in a comment on an Instagram post or in the online world than it is if it's face-to-face. That's what I was thinking about. You know, I thought, why are we even having a conversation about bullying? Bullying is as old as the ages. It's been around forever. But the problem is, as you say, it's escalating because children are emboldened by the fact that it's so much easier to be behind the screen. And to add to that, physical bullying that we had when we were (laughs) at school, right? (laughs) Giving our ages away. But the bullying in the real world is something that you experience in a specific space. So you go to school, you encounter your bully, you get bullied in a break time. But come the end of day, you go home and you go into a safe space and you have a break until tomorrow. Tomorrow you go to school again and then it's up to the mood of the bully, whether whether you're going to go through the same episode or not. The difference between bullying in a real-life environment versus cyberbullying is cyberbullying is 24-7. Yeah. So there is no safe space. There literally is no safe space. Even if you switch your cell phone off, the time you switch it on again, 
all those messages are going to come through. You know, all those comments will will be there. So there is no safe space. It really is something that's 24-7. And that's why this has escalated so much and that it's become such a big issue. Give us an example of some of the ways in which children told you in the interviews that they'd been bullied. There are so many. What surprised me, let's start there. What surprised me was when I think about bullying, I typically think about boys pushing each other around on the school ground. And I think about girls making nasty comments to each other. But from what I've heard, there are so many boys that are being bullied by nasty comments about their physical appearance. Boys. Wow. You know, it's not just girls. And having said that, it's to do with either weight. It's to do with one girl told me that that people made nasty comments about her length. And then there was a boy who who got bullied because of the size of his feet. My primary school years, they would call me a short shirt and tell me that I'm going to be the shortest and that I would never be able to do anything in life because of my height. And on WhatsApp, they would send me memes on my height and me being shorter than everyone else in primary school. For a while afterwards, I was very insecure about my height and I started wearing shoes that made me taller to fit in with the crowd. I was bullied in senior primary. Someone did call me fat and other names and insult my mom and stuff like that. But I think I moved on from that point. And that's where I learned to surround myself with people that I trust. My generation calls it trolling. People can write a hateful or nasty comment in less than five seconds and it can impact someone's whole day because they've practiced being nasty to people or they've gotten good over the years because they've done it so much. When I was in primary school, around, I think, sixth or seventh grade, either one, probably both for that matter, um, there was like WhatsApp groups where they would go and make jokes every now and then. I was not the way that I look now. Um, in primary school, I had short hair. Um, I was quite short for that matter. Had, there was a thing in school that you didn't have to wear shoes you didn't want to, and I, very, I felt very uncomfortable wearing shoes. I walked barefoot absolutely everywhere. Um, and in school, I had absolutely massive feet. I still do now. <laughs> And so, yeah, they would go and call me like Bigfoot and stuff like that. And so they would go and make jokes about me on WhatsApp groups. When I was younger, I was bullied about my weight. So I already had the past damage done to me. And then sometimes I would see stuff that isn't very nice where it would be another fat girl. And then in the comment sections, people are not very nice at all. And then... I would see some of her features looking like mine and then see what they're saying about her features. And yeah, that hit me a bit. So physical appearance is a big thing in chat rooms because people would make memes about these things and just comments flying around. And that poor child is sitting in that WhatsApp group. Then there's the other side of of bullying and it's not the most obvious is... Children being in a group of friends, so we have five friends in a group, and there's a WhatsApp group with those five friends. But then there's another WhatsApp group with only four of the five, Mm. and they're talking about the other one in those groups. So it's a different type of bullying. It's not that obvious. 
we had a few instances where like we had uh, chat groups with friends and then someone else would create another group with like the same friends minus like two or three people and speak about those people that weren't in the chat with the um, people that were so they were saying nasty things about the other classmates and saying how much they didn't want to be in a class with them anymore and every little thing even when we were in the classroom when this person did something they would go on the chat and write to everyone oh but did you see what he did and these type of things and everyone would like laugh yeah. at it and i mean adults do that too I think about circles of friends and I, I think about what, what you experience in family groups. And sometimes you have the same thing where you have a separate WhatsApp group and talking about some of the other members that's not on that group. I think it's everywhere. So we have to realize that online bullying is not just about nasty comments. It's really about what is my behavior in the online world and what is that other person going to, what will they feel? Mm. So I want to take cyberbullying and make the definition much wider and actually say it's anything that you do in an online world to make someone else feel bad or to hurt someone else. I remember a while ago, one of the stories you told me was about a, a teenage boy who was being cyberbullied about his weight. And that drove him to actually embark on such an aggressive health and fitness program. He is so proud because he's lost a lot of weight and he's really feeling good about himself. But to an extreme where that boy wakes up at the very early hours every single morning because before school, he needs to get in at least an hour of gym time. I've been bullied before because of my weight. I've been bullied and I got into a fight earlier this year. I got into a fight because of somebody bullying me. Don't feel the need to fight anymore because I'm at peace now. Because I've reached my body goals. I've done what I've wanted to. I still look at myself in the mirror every now and then like maybe what he was saying was right. But at the same time, I choose not. Because I've had multiple negative and positive comments about my body. But I've lost 20 kilograms. I started eating well. I started gymming much more than I was. I started going to the gym about seven to eight times a week. I had friends over last week, Monday and Tuesday. And in the span of three days wow. from Wednesday to Friday, I was at gym seven times. I went to gym twice every single day. It becomes such a big thing in these children's minds because they're being bullied. Yeah. And weight is such a sensitive topic, right? We talk about the pornography addiction. And one of the stories that that girl also told me about was the comparison between what she sees when she looks in the mirror versus what she sees in pornography. And back to me being bullying and stuff, especially with pornography, all the people, practically that I've seen, all the women are specific way built. Like all of them are skinny and yeah, there's a lot of specifications all those women have and they all look alike, which also had that subliminal messaging to me of this is all I know really about sex and I don't look anything like them. How will anyone love me? Social media is creating a perception of what our bodies need to look like. So weight is definitely, it's a big theme and it's sending, it's sending messages to our children to say, 
there's an ideal way to look. And you can't be a real happy person within your body. Yeah, and that's so dangerous because, of course, that paves the way to eating disorders and all kinds of other things that teens are vulnerable to. But weight and body appearance is not the only reason that children bully each other, is it? I shouldn't generalize, but kids don't apply these principles. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Before they interact with someone else. I strongly believe that those three things are still the the big rules to apply, whether you're interacting online or whether you're interacting face-to-face. The one boy that I was talking said his photos were criticised online. A lot of the photos that I posted were constantly criticised by some of my friends that I thought were friends at the time, but they're not. They weren't. They weren't really friends. They were just, you know... There. They were just insulting me, making fun of them. And they'd like they'd like re- they'd reply to them in my DMs and say like, "What what the heck is this photo? This is such a bad photo." And then in on, and then in real life, I'd come to school and they're like, "Why do you post these kinds of selfies? It makes you look gay and stuff like that." So it just made me very self conscious. Now there's another example. His first kiss got filmed. Um, and that video clip got distributed in the school. Over the holidays, I had my first kiss and it was secretly filmed by someone. And that video was sent to me. And then somehow that video got to one of my friends who I thought I could trust. I told him not to go crazy with the video. Don't send it to so many people. And he obviously was like, OK, he wants me to send it to people. So he sent it to his one friend who sent it to another person and then it just started getting shared around. And I still I still know a few people that have the video on their phone. But one person got it. He was calling me from a random number on, on Mother's Day saying, I'm going to send this video to your mom if you don't bring 500 rand to school tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm not bringing 500 rand. So it was just a really, really hectic experience. And the school got involved and the principal got involved. I was called like a snitch for a bit. I was called a snitch and an idiot and other weird words, bad words, bad comments. But it kind of passed now. But it was a really, really humbling experience. So another example of a situation that's supposed to be such a beautiful experience. I mean, your first kiss, right? It's supposed to be a beautiful experience. And because of everything happening... It, it puts such a negative spin to that. Well, as you say, it's just so sad because forevermore that boy will associate his first kiss with the trauma that came with it and the experience that he had of bullying. It's just, it's a really, really horrible situation. And then there's also the more serious repercussions of bullying, which can lead to children harming themselves because they don't know how else to deal with what they're going through. Especially if those children feel that they're not in a position to openly talk to their parents. So Mm. maybe they made a mistake. Let's use another example of a girl I spoke to. I met this this one boy from my class and he'd obviously been acquainted with how to talk with someone in order to get what he wanted. And in the end, over the span of a month, he had gotten me to be extremely desperate and manipulated by him that I wasn't even able to say no to anything. And it was really hard for me because he was only four months older than me, but he was more matured, not matured, more like he knew a lot more in different topics than I did. So I thought that okay, I found someone who I really like. Uh, I don't want to disappoint them. If they ask for something, I'm going to do it. 
And in the end, he had multiple images of me that I didn't really have a choice whether I sent them or not because I wasn't in my right mind. And he also ghosted me for a whole month saying that he had deleted WhatsApp. And that hurt a lot because as someone who wasn't able to go to school, he was my only friend and he had manipulated me and he was just such a horrible person. And it ended in me actually going to self-harm after that because I didn't really have anything else to do and I, I developed eating disorder and it's still being resolved, which I have gotten help for. And it was quite hard for me to tell my parents about all of this because I did try to reach out to him and ask him if he could delete the photos because I wasn't comfortable knowing he had them. And then he completely brushed me off and asked for more. We actually had to have the school involved. It was like a month after this all happened. I remember one day I was in class with my teachers and then the class finished and I just went to my mom and I just sat in her lap and cried because I, I didn't know what else to do. And I showed her myself harming and I was just struggling so much because I wasn't eating and I was cutting myself daily as well as I was trying to get the boy to delete the pictures in order to just put myself at ease. And my mom was shocked because she had no idea what was going on, mainly because she didn't really pay attention to it. I was just so confined to my bedroom that I would walk around with short sleeves in winter just as a way to look for help and no one noticed which kind of hurt but in the end when I did show them I did get help they were very supportive and I had my cell phone taken away just for healing purposes she didn't know how to bring up this topic with her parents mm -hmm. now you can imagine if your child comes to you and say mom I sent a nude to this person yeah. that is such a vulnerable situation yeah. and for a mother or a father to then take that pause and not react <laughs> with shock, shock and horror. horror. Shock and horror is quite hard. And I think in some instances, the, the children can already see how their parents are going to react and taking cell phones away and limiting screen time and cut off all contact with specific individuals. So this girl actually started self-harming, hoping that her family would ask her about it because she was just looking for that hook to actually talk about it. But the full extent of what happens in these situations, we think about so many children who are taking their own lives yeah. eventually because they can't deal with this. We talked about the boy whose first kiss was filmed. There's a story about Tyler Clementi. He kissed a boy and that kiss was filmed and distributed and went viral. And he couldn't cope with that pressure. So he committed suicide. Wow. So things like this are real stories of children. I'm thinking about our own story, a girl up north. Yeah. You know her story, right? She came to school and she was physically attacked by another learner, physical bullying. And instead of people jumping in and helping her out of the situation, the learners were standing back, taking videos of this attack, and those videos went viral. Oh. So Lufuna went home that afternoon after the attack. I may have some of the details wrong, but she went home, she wrote a letter to her family explaining the situation, and she took an overdose of pills. She never woke up afterwards.
These kids are playing with one another's lives. They really are. They really are. And, you know, you as one person, you get angry and you send a message mm. to someone else. And it's a message that's hurtful. But you don't put yourself in the other person's shoes, realizing that there may be 50 other messages yeah. that that same child is receiving and that that same child, you know, may push them over the edge to take their own lives. I always tell the kids that if you're writing a message, if you're writing a comment on someone's Instagram profile, if you want to post a picture of someone and it's a it's not the best picture of that person, then just take a 30-second pause mm. and think about if you fast forward two hours from now, 12 hours from now, two weeks from now, and that child has to be that person who commits suicide and looking back, your comment will be in that trace or your message will be in that trace. How will that make you feel? Saying things like this openly in a forum, making comments in a WhatsApp group that is regarded as cyberbullying, you know, you can just keep quiet. Yeah. You don't have to say those things. So for me, it's really about teaching our children to just take that pause. Don't send the message. Rochelle, you're in a very privileged position, although I imagine it's a blessing and a curse because you've had the opportunity to get into these kids' heads. They've opened up to you and a lot of parents never find out what's going on in their children's worlds the way you have. What insights did some of the kids that you interviewed give you into the world of cyberbullying? They want to talk about it, but they're so scared that if they talk about something they've experienced, that their parents will intervene or in their minds interfere making the situation worse for yeah. them. You know, so that for me is the golden thread across everything is I'm going through something, but I'm so stuck in my head, analyzing everything, the pros and the cons of talking to my parents, not talking to my parents, talking to a teacher, not talking to a teacher, because they're scared of the repercussions. Yeah. You know, the first thing parents typically do when children start opening up is, but it's the screen's problem. So we limit screen time, we cut them off from their friends, we take away the apps that they're using, whereas all the children actually want to do is talk about it, open up and get advice on how to deal with it themselves. If you can equip them with that first conversation of dealing with it themselves and they know that you're not going to intervene or interfere until they give you permission to, I'm not saying we always have to ask permission from our children, but if your relationship works on the consent, then it becomes easier for them to talk to you. What I'm taking away from this conversation is that I've never thought about this before, but the way that you've explained cyberbullying is that even a nasty WhatsApp can be cyberbullying. And in that case, even us as adults are guilty of it and as you always say, we need to lead by example for our children. Exactly that. So many times we experience that you're in a WhatsApp group and you see some of these comments flying around, but you don't intervene, mm. right? You don't necessarily agree with it, but you don't intervene. Mm. And I mean, if we look at this from a letter of the law basis, if you're in a WhatsApp group and some of these cyberbullying experiences are going on in that group, 
and you don't speak out about it or leave the WhatsApp group, then you're complicit in that whole scenario. So it is important for us to realize that by not speaking out, you become complicit. If you're the admin of that group, you have even more responsibility. Yeah. You have even more responsibility to stop the situation, to kick the person off the group that's been doing the bullying and to intervene. But it's everywhere. You know, Amy, we experience that in our adult WhatsApp groups, right? Yep. As you said, are there any current statistics on cyberbullying in South Africa? Statistics says that one in three children are being cyberbullied. We have to realize that it's one in three children willing to speak out about it. Yeah. I do expect that it's way more. When I have a general talk to children in a school hall, I ask them, who of you have been through a cyberbullying experience? And I must tell you, then it's 60 to 70% of children that actually put their hands up to say, I've, I've experienced that. The children I spoke to in the, in the sip to the tea interviews, probably two, three, less than a handful that didn't have a story of being cyberbullied. So I do think the statistic of one in every three is a little bit off, but that's obviously what's reported. Yeah, usually these things are underreported. And again, it comes back to what your definition of cyberbullying is because people can be bullied in very subtle ways without realizing that that's what's going on. That's exactly it. And, and I think that's what I took out of that definition that was so beautiful from that little girl who said, you know, it's anything you do online to hurt someone else. And that's actually it. And so it comes down to teaching our children that the same values apply online as in reality. Be kind, be respectful, and treat others like you would like to be treated. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about disturbing and upsetting content. And I think this one really comes with a big trigger warning because, Rochelle, as you told us, when you started this experience back in episode one, you were expecting the stories about pornography. You were expecting to hear about cyberbullying. What you weren't expecting is just how disturbing and upsetting the content is that our kids are being exposed to online. Exactly. And part of it is the significance. I mean, if we think about things like violence and we think about gore, you know, we think about the things that we see on TV. But, you know, going into this next episode, I was horrified in most of the interviews just about the full extent of the level of violence that our children are exposed to. So tune in for episode eight and the final episode in this current season of Sip the Tea. And that wraps up this episode of Sip the Tea. We want to extend our heartfelt gratitude to everyone who made this possible. Big thank you to my interviewer and fellow mom, Amy McIver. Greg Cocoveo said branded podcasts without you would not have happened. And a special shout out to the real stars of the show, the brave children who shared their experiences so openly with me. Please stay connected. You can reach me, Rochelle, at rochelle at fyiplayitsafe.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handles are at fyiplayitsafe for more insights and conversations.